Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fresh from the Field. I'm your host, Ken Nelson. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about wheat. It's our very first episode ever talking about wheat, the industry, wheat industry in Michigan. And we have two great guests today. We have Jody Pollock Newsom, the executive director from Michigan Wheat Program. And we have Todd C. Wright. He is the vice president of sales and grain purchasing with Knappen Milling Company. Um, so thank you both for coming on the show. How are you doing today? We're great. We appreciate the opportunity to be here and talk about wheat. Yes, great. Thank you for having us. Oh, thank you guys for coming on. Um, so I'm going to jump right in. And, and Jody, I'm going to ask you this question um, first here. What, what's unique about Michigan wheat? I think one of the unique things about us is Michigan, we grow red and white wheat and we grow winter wheat. So when you look at us and, and look at our production, wheat is going in the ground now. A lot of it got planted in September to mid-October. Uh, it will come up just like your grass, and then it will go dormant when we get uh, winter and lay dormant uh, just like your lawn does pretty much through the wintertime. And then in the spring, it will green back up and start to grow again, and then that will be harvested in July. So kind of a unique crop from, I think, some that folks are used to planting it in the spring and harvesting it in the fall. We have a wheat crop that's in the ground really from September to June or July. Also, talk a little bit more about the numbers, like some um, people that may not know about weed and, and, and harvesting. And what is, I guess, what does it look like? The numbers have looked like in Michigan last year. Um, how did it fare last year and how are things looking this year? Numbers were actually up last year. Uh, we had about 560,000 acres uh, harvested of wheat. And on each one of those acres, they got about 81 bushels per acre. And that gave us a final crop of 45 million bushels. And that was grown by about 8,000 wheat farmers across the state. And most of the counties do have wheat production. So it's uh, definitely a broad crop and we have lots of growers involved in that industry. Wow, wow. So talk a little bit more about, I guess, Michigan wheat programs research and, and kind of what you know, your impact is in, in the state. So we're a unique organization. We are all funded by wheat farmers. Our money comes from the wheat farmers in the state who really came together um, and said, we want an organization that's looking for wheat and focused on wheat. And wheat is a big crop, but if you look across the US, there's about six different varieties of wheat or types of wheat that are grown. So here we grow the winter wheat that I mentioned. We grow red winter wheat and white winter wheat, and there's special markets and special uses for those. If you look out west, they grow more of the wheat that's used like in breads and pastas and those kinds of things. Ours is used more when we look at like baked goods, cereals, as thickeners, pastries, those kinds of things. So when you look at the U.S. and look at all the different types of wheat that are grown, there's not always a lot of research focused on specific types, depending on what the market is and how big the uses are. So our growers said, you know, we want to make sure that we're looking out for the environment. We want to make sure that we're getting the best yields possible. We want to make sure that we have really good, strong quality wheat. Let's develop this organization. And every time we sell wheat, uh, half of 1% of the value of that wheat comes to this organization. And most of those funds end up invested in research to make sure that we have a great, strong, good wheat crop here in the state. Wow, wow, great, great. So this next question, I'm gonna ask um, both of you this question. So Jody, you, you can go first. So why is wheat so important for sustainability? 
I think, you know, a lot of times we don't really realize, but wheat, because it's in the ground for so long, especially if you have some areas that um, are more prone to erosion or that are more hilly. And, and when I say that, I think most of us can think of our, of our yards and our lawns. And some of those areas that tend to wash out when we have more rain. Wheat is a great option because you can put it out there. You're going to plant it this time of year and it's going to be in that ground. That grass is going to come up, that wheat, and it's really going to hold that soil. And as we get the snow on over the winter, it's going to cover that crop and that's going to help keep that soil in place, have less water run, and uh, really is good when we look at the sustainability and look at the land. And it's, it's also used as a rotation crop in the state, Ken. And um, so farmers growing corn or soybeans will, will rotate wheat in the field. And so it, it helps with uh, nitrogen or helps with the uh, sustainability of the soil itself. And so you're not growing the same crop over and over again, year after year, they rotate wheat into that, that rotation. So, so what products are the Michigan wheat um, crop utilized in? Uh, you know, Jody, I'll jump in here a little bit. Um, as, as Jody said, we grow both white and, and red winter wheat, but not only winter, but it's soft wheat. So soft wheat is a, a lower protein than the hard wheats grown out West. So our products, our wheats are, are made for flowers and different brand products. And, um, you know, they'll be used in different types of cereals, uh, raisin bran type cereals, mini wheat type cereals can go into Triscuit type crackers, um, but then also it's uh, the soft wheat flour is good for cookies and cakes, uh, breadings, batters. Uh, we have a lot of pretzels manufacturers are in close to us that use our flour. And, um, you know, the flour goes into, you know, right now it goes into licorice. So there's licorice manufacturers close by Michigan that use Michigan wheat for, uh, for their products also. Wow, that licorice, that's definitely uh, a unique use. So, so if, if you think about it, you know, you want to eat healthy, you want to eat, you know, something good and you want to have a whole grain or wheat, you, you can go ahead and eat a nice licorice and that, that'll be healthy for you. Wow. So, so uh, Ty, you answered, um, kind of, you roll into the next question about unique uses for wheat and, and, and why. So Jody, can you piggyback off of some of those unique uses for wheat from your perspective? Yes, certainly when we look at, you know, the Great Lakes State, we know one thing for us that's important is our moisture. And when you look at our climate, I really think that helps us with our wheat production, especially when you look at products like a shredded wheat or like a Triscuit, as they're able to process those, there's enough moisture in the growing climate when you look at the crop. So we have the ability for our wheat to be able to use and things like that to actually to get them to puff. So as you're puffing it for like a shredded wheat or a Triscuit, it's going to puff and it's not going to shatter because we do have that moisture from the growing region. So it lends us to lots of opportunities and also just our proximity to so many millers in our state, end users, and then of course consumers. We, we just have some really neat opportunities here. So talk about the markets in Michigan. I know there are a lot of um, processors and, and companies in here and millers that, so, so talk a little bit about the unique markets um, for Michigan wheat and, and why are they unique? I feel like we're very lucky in Michigan, especially as the growers to have the processors and the end users that we have in the Great Lakes region. When we look at the Kellogg's, the Post, the Nabisco, the Jiffy, um, a lot of our wheat is utilized so close to home. Yeah, and, and Michigan's unique from other states too is um, we still have the, the family flour mills. Um, 
you know, we've we've got ourselves, Knapp and Milling Company in Augusta. We've been around for since 1929. Uh, you have King Milling Company in Lowell that I think is 100 and some years old. Star of the West is, I think, 150 years old or close to that up in uh, Frankenmuth. And then you have Manel Milling Company in um, in Dwajak. And then, of course, as, as Jody mentioned, Jiffy Mix or Chelsea Milling Company in, in Chelsea, Michigan. So we're unique that uh, those are all more family-owned mills versus other states that have the larger um, company mills. So Todd, talk a little more about Knapp and Milling's history in Michigan. You have a long history. Um, can you give our listeners a little background on your company? Yeah, so Knapp and Milling Company, we're a, we're a fourth-generation family-owned business. We started in uh, October of 1929. We started before the big uh, stock market crash. So uh, uh, luckily, we uh, we were milling and uh, didn't have to worry about anything else at that time. Um, you know, we started because uh, we're we're in Augusta, uh, just outside Kalamazoo Battle Creek, and um, at that time, the cereal companies in Battle Creek couldn't get enough human consumption bran to make their bran cereals. So at that time, uh, we developed a product called Heavy Bran that was uh, turned into be the base ingredient for raisin bran cereals. Um, and that product was a complete opposite of a normal milling operation. Uh, normally you're milling wheat to make flour and you have different bran or feeds that go into the, the animal feed market. Um, ours was complete opposite. We, we milled our wheat to make the bran and had a little bit of flour left over and a little bit of feed left over. Um, so we, we've, we've done that since, since 1929. Um, you know, I mentioned the fourth generation, um, Emily Likens, who's our president and CEO. She's the, uh, the first uh, female of the Knappen family. She's a, she's a great granddaughter of uh, Chuck Knappen, who started the company. Um, and uh, she took over as president and CEO a few years ago and, um, and carried on that family tradition and being the fourth generation. Um, and one thing she did, and we have been for a number of years, just haven't gotten to it, is... Um, she got us certified as a uh, as a woman owned uh, company, which we are. Um, and uh, as far as we know, we're the only uh, commercial flour mill that's certified woman owned in North America. So uh, we know, um, you know, as as people look at sourcing products and um, diversity and whatnot, uh, women ownership is is one big one that's uh, come to the forefront in the last few years and. So we're pretty excited to have uh, have that as one of the only flour mills in the country to have that distinction. You know, the last two years, just about we've we've been the entire world you know, has been dealing with COVID nineteen and and it's affected so many industries. Um, can you talk about how COVID has, has affected the wheat industry, and and how how nap and milling has adjusted you know during the pandemic to to stay you know, the leaders in the industry? Yeah, the last years have been have been crazy. Uh, you know, up and up until you know last last year, we were primarily we you know we we didn't have any retail products. We uh, you know we sold to the uh, the manufacturers that made the cookies or made the cereals or made the snack foods, and uh, we'd sold the people who made mixes. And um, once COVID hit and the world virtually shut down, um, people were still eating. Uh, you were still going to the grocery store. You were still buying food. Um, but restaurants were shut down. So a lot of our customers who did food service or did restaurant business completely stopped running for uh, three or four months there in the, the fall or the spring of uh, 2020. Um, and then we saw, as everyone else saw, the store shelves started getting empty. 
And uh, at that time we said, well, you know, we're making flour and usually we're putting in a 50 pound bag or we put it in a, a bulk truck and ship it across the state or across the country. Why don't we put it in a smaller bag? So in, in April of 2020, we came out with our first retail line of flour. Um, at that time, it was called the Napin Milling Baking Flour. And uh, we, you know, we just decided to pack off the flour that instead of taking into a cookie manufacturer, we'd pack it off and, and sell it in the, the grocery stores and help fill those, those store shelves and put our flour on the market. Um, we worked with the, the Michigan State uh, University and, and their uh, program um, to make sure we had all the uh, correct labeling done, um, correct nutritional analysis, and so make sure we were legal on, on what we put out in the marketplace. And um, you know, that was picked up by a couple of grocery, manu grocery stores in Southwest Michigan um, and a couple other parts of Michigan. Um, but um, we, we knew we wanted to expand that. So um, through the winter of last year and the early part of the winter and spring of this year, we rebranded our, our name, our product, uh, redid uh, um, our packaging, and then um, came out in June of this year, we came out with a brand new product. Uh, we, since we're based in Augusta, we changed our name to Augusta Mills and had the, we have now the Augusta Mills baking flour. And so that's a, a new product for us in the retail market that we've been, uh, we've been selling out there since June. And um, we've got some, um, some local stores in Kalamazoo that are handling it. And we've, we've got on with uh, some Meyer marketplaces. Meyer has a, a four stores around Michigan that are smaller Meyer stores. They've got uh, Grand Rapids, Lansing, Royal Oak, and just opened one in downtown Detroit. So we've we've gotten with them, and they're carrying a lot of Michigan-made products. So they're carrying our flour in their stores. Uh, we've we've hooked up with a, a grocery store a chain in Metro Detroit that does a lot of local and Michigan-made products, Bushes uh, Farm Markets, and so we've we're in we're in their stores now, and and working on some distributions with some other uh, other areas, looking up in the Traverse City and. Uh, and working on moving forward with that. So we're pretty excited about that. Oh, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that of, of just the story of resilience and innovating, you know, in, in time of challenges. And 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 what I know there's some other ways. I know Jody mentioned um you guys are doing something else. You're working with a local chef to develop ideas. Can you can you talk about um that as well? Yeah, so we we work a lot with uh with um Cal uh Kalamazoo Valley Community College and their culinary uh, department there. And so we're working with them to, um, you know, take our flowers and and uh, make new recipes, new formulas. Work through the the school system to uh, to get um, more appreciation for baking, more appreciation for you know flour and wheat and whatnot, and uh, and sort of change that perception of of the good for you, healthy for you product. And so we've been working with him. He's a, um, you know, he's the culinary director of the school there. And he's actually uh, a, a celebrity of his own right. He was won the uh, um, spring baking championship on the Food Network here a couple of years ago. So he's a local celebrity in Kalamazoo and, and on the Food Network. So we've been working closely with them to help, uh, you know, move wheat and flour into um, you know, as you move from the millennials and look to do more baking. Is there anything else you want to add about the history of wheat in the state? Um, 
what uh, the wheat, Michigan Wheat Program is doing, any other things that the audience may want to hear about that they may not know? I think it's important to know that we've had a good, long, strong history of wheat production and milling in the state. And as we look to the future, there's so much excitement to look at the innovations by millers like Knappen and to look at the opportunities that we have. Um, we do have a Facebook, Michigan Wheat. So we try to get information out there and um, try to get some recipes up for the holidays and are really just excited about what we think the future holds for the industry. Thank you, Jody. And Ty, where can people learn more about Napin Milling? Yeah, so our website is napinmilling.com. And uh, there you can get information about our flour mill. And then also you can get information uh, attached to the Augusta Mills baking flour, our retail line that's uh, out there now. All right. Thank you both so much. I'll put those um, websites in our show notes. And thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week. 